My wife just called Jay happy. <laughs> That's fun. Well, I just want to say hello to all of you that are watching online and tell you that uh, if you're watching online, it's great uh, that you've joined us. But it's even greater to see you in person. So if you get a chance, come and visit us here. Uh, we'd love to have you partake in one of our services in live person. But uh, we know sometimes have to watch online as well. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me, we're going to be all over the Bible uh, today, which is a great thing, right? Uh, but we're going to be starting in one of the famous verses that we uh, that you probably all know, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But before we get there, I just want to begin this sermon by talking about uh, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit is what we've been talking about all summer long. We've been talking about these different things. We talk about love, joy, peace, and today we talk about patience. Now, before everyone collectively goes, <laughs> there's a, you know, when I was in high school, Jay, I'm showing my age now, you ready for this? When I'm in high school, I used to run around uh, singing a song by Guns N' Roses, by the name Patience. And, uh, you know, the end, of the, the end of the song says, I just need a little patience. Yeah, I need a little patience. Just a little patience. I think he's asking for patience. Uh, some more patience. I've been walking the streets at night, just trying to get it right. It's hard to see so many around. You know I don't like being stuck in the crowd, but you got to have some patience. The streets don't change with the name, but maybe the names. I ain't got time for the game because I need you. Because I need you. Oh, I need you. Whoa, I need you. I need just a little patience. Now, when I was in high school, I would sing this song. Now, again, I, I, I'm giving away my age, and so I would run around singing this song. And, and I used to, uh, not that Guns N' Roses were my favorite band, because they were not, but I liked the song, and so I would sing this song, and it was uh, in my mind, and I was singing the song, and I was thinking to myself, I have my life all together. See, at that time, I thought I knew everything that I wanted to do. I thought that I had a plan for my life. I thought who I was, I thought who I was going to marry. I thought all of these things, I had all of these things lined up. My life was just this perfect little package, all together, in my mind. I knew exactly what I was going to do. But as life often does, it threw a curveball, <laughs> and things changed. What I thought was going to be my perfect little life, and the way that I had planned out in my head, turned out to be something completely different. And I was sitting at home one day, kind of disappointed that my life wasn't turning out the way I thought it was going to turn out. And I reached over and I turned on the radio, and this song comes on. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And then I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't listen to Guns N' Roses. Maybe I should pray a little uh, instead of listening to a little bit of uh, Guns N' Roses. So I turned the radio down and began to pray. And right there in my room, I felt this overwhelming spirit that God said, just have a little patience. Now, I don't know if you've ever told your kid to wait for Christmas morning or Christmas Eve, but have you ever noticed that the world we live in is increasingly lacking patience in anything. 
It's so hard to tell us the wait. It's so hard to have us wait for anything in the world today. Because the world around us is going at a, at a speed, a, a, a pace that is amazing. And it's like telling your child to wait until Christmas morning. It's like telling your, yourself to wait until the vacation that's going to be coming and all of these things. And, and you're like, I don't want to wait. I just want it now. See, most of us, when we hear this word patience, it becomes a dreaded word in our mind. Jay and I used to joke around all the time that we shouldn't pray for patience because if you pray for patience, God's going to give you situations where you need patience. And who wants that? Today, though, in the world that we live in, it's, patience is increasingly absent in the world we live in. In fact, it's an amazing thing, but I, I read an article just this week that said that kids today are growing up at a rate three times as fast as we did as children. That means that many kids at the age of 10 are facing the things. Gonna move it down so we don't get so much feedback. Okay. At the age of 10, these kids are facing many of the things that you and I had to face when we were 18 years old. The language that they hear today is a language that you and I would only have heard at 10 years old. They're hearing things. That they only would have, that we would have probably not heard until we graduated from high school. In fact, it's said to believe, if you can believe this or not, but 25 to almost 35 percent, depending on where you are in the country today, 25 to 35 percent of 10-year-olds have had some type of sexual encounter already at age 10 years old. Now let that sink in for a moment. The world around us today, again, is growing at such a rate. In fact, knowledge is increasing at such an everlasting Is there a way that we can remove that? I'm trying. Okay. I trust you. <laughs> so, it's an amazing thing to think about for a moment. Just that. Imagine that, a 10 year old? I can't even fathom that 10 year old experiencing things that they should never experience. It's amazing, but the world is, is increasing at that, such a rate, at that fast rate. In addition to all of these things, what we find is that knowledge and wisdom is growing at such a, at such a rate that they believe that today, the amount of wisdom and the amount of knowledge that's in the world today is a trillion times more than the year that I was born in. About that for a moment. We know more today, a trillion times more today, than what we knew supposedly in 1973. Now, the problem with this is that just because you have knowledge doesn't mean that you have power, and just because you have knowledge doesn't mean you have the right knowledge, and just because you have understanding doesn't mean that you have wisdom and knowledge. But we're not talking about wisdom and knowledge, we're talking about patience. The reason why I bring these stats up today is because in the world we live in today, they're looking, people are looking for things much quicker. We live in a microwave culture where we want things immediately. We don't want to wait for them. We don't want to wait for God. We don't want to wait for anyone else. We want them right now, and we want what we want now at this moment in time. Yet God over and over and over. 
scripture help us to wait on the Lord? No, they won't do it. He'll let them do it. We're going to read some of these verses here in a moment, but over and over and over again, God says, have patience, wait. Wait upon me. Why would God want you and I to go get the status quo of all the blessings of God? Everything God asks us for is against the status quo of the world. Our nature in this world is way different than the nature of heaven, and, and what we have here on this earth is different than what we're going to have in heaven. And so God calls us to be patient people. He calls us to be patient individuals who wait upon the Lord, who wait for the Lord to return to us what we need. Patience is not fun, but it is something that you and I must learn to walk in. But what if? What if patience was a key to many of the other gifts of the Spirit? I'm going to go back up and look at What if patience was the limit? What if patience was the key? What if patience was the idea that opened up a lot of the other gifts of the, uh, the fruits of the Spirit? When we find it, when we dive into this today, what we'll find is that you will see that the fruit of the spirits, a lot of them, must include patience. But patience is way more than what that dreaded word that you and I think about. In fact, I believe patience is a key to understanding God and what he wants for us in our lives today. Let's pause and pray, and then we'll jump right into these verses. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, you know, all of us, when we were looking at the fruit of the Spirit, I'm sure they came across this word, including myself. I know I didn't come across this word, patience, and go, oh. But Lord, patience really is the key. You ask us to wait upon you. You ask us to wait for you. You ask us to seek you. In fact, you say that love is patience. Father, there are so many examples in Scripture where it talks about this. And so today, Lord, we ask you that you open our minds to understand that patience really isn't a bad thing, but it is a godly thing. Something that God has called, that you, God, have, you, our Father, have called us to wait and to seek you in that waiting. Help us today, Lord, to understand these verses. Help us to understand this fruit of the Spirit called patience. Patience. Lord, we thank you. We glorify you. We honor you. Lord, I ask you that my words would not be my own, but they would truly be your words today, Father. Help us, Lord Jesus, in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hinted around to this verse already, but love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogance. Paul, speaking to the Corinthians about love, says that love is patient. Now, let me ask you a question. If you're looking today to find someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with, sometimes love is too patient. God calls us to be patient in our love and to wait upon him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Philippians are being told to not be anxious, but to be patient about everything, and to be in prayer about everything. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. All of these things Jesus is telling Paul and others are telling us to be patient. But who wants to be patient in tribulation? 
I remember some uh, a few years ago, I was struck with a kidney stone and went to my favorite place, the emergency room. Uh, no, it's not my favorite place, but I walk into this emergency room and I have such pain, I can hardly speak. I, I just can't stand. I'm like, oh, it hurts so bad. And I can't stand, I can't sit, I can't lay down. And whatever, I think so. You know exactly how I feel. I went up to the desk and I, she goes, uh, what's going on? And I said, I have a kidney stone. She goes, how do you know you have a kidney stone? I said, uh, I'm about four foot before now. And I know exactly how they feel. I know where they start, I know where they set. All I need you to do is give me some really good drugs and then I'll be good and I can go home. Yeah. <laughs> she looked at me and she said, sir, you're gonna have to be patient. We have other people waiting before you. There was almost as many people behind me as what there are right now. I looked at her and I said, ma'am, have you ever had a kidney stone? And she said, no. And I said, then you don't know the word patient when you have a kidney stone. She said, well, you're going to have to go sit down, sir, until we call your name. And I said, okay. So I went and tried to sit down. I couldn't sit down. So I'm bouncing around. I'm literally doing this. I'm trying to find a way to get this thing to move and trying to do anything I can to make this pain go away. It wouldn't go away. So finally I walked up. I said, ma'am, how long do I have to be patient? She goes, well, it really doesn't seem like you're in that much pain. She goes, if you were in a lot of pain, you would be, uh, you, your stomach would be upset. I said, can I have your trash can? And she said, yes. And she handed me her trash can, and I proceeded to show her that I was in lots of pain. She looked at me, and she said, you've been patient long enough. Come on back. It's not fun being patient in tribulation. It's not fun waiting for God to answer a question. It's not fun waiting for God to answer your prayers, but God calls us to be patient. The world tells us that patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. May I have you all begin to form a line right here who wants to identify that and say, I want more of that in my life. Just what I thought. No one would line up for that, right? No one wants to have or accept delay. No one wants to tolerate trouble or suffering. The world tells us that this is what patience is. Patience is this, this frozen amount of time in between what we want and where we're at today and somehow we're stuck in the middle and we have to just have patience to wait until we get what we want and so we have to tolerate and we have to accept where we're at without getting angry or upset. No one in the right mind is going to sign up for that kind of fun. And I use the word fun lightly. I mean, seriously, who wants to delay or tolerate trouble? No one wants to tolerate trouble. No one wants to delay trouble. We want to get over the trouble. We want to move on from that. But this is what the world believes in. So it's no wonder today that when you look out around amongst the world today that there is no patience. When this is the defining moment, when this is what the world says patience is, who wants it? No one does. Yet God has a different meaning. What if patience was meant to be more than that? What if patience is a key to the other groups or even a closer relationship with God? What if patience was something special that God was teaching us? What if in that brief moment of time from where we're at to where we want to go, somewhere in the middle, that that place in the middle is the place that God really wants to work in your heart, where God really wants to do something great? 
inside of you. See, to be honest with you, there are two kinds of godly patience. One is waiting on God's will. I remember in the early days when Corey and Lena were praying for a child. I'm going to use you guys as an example. I didn't ask you, so I hope you're okay. You'll be okay with what I say, though. So. <laughs> but I remember we were praying and we were asking and we were seeking and we're, we're praying and we're asking the Lord and we're my wife and I were praying with Corey and Lena, and I know I can see the I can see the angst in their hearts and in their minds and in their faces that they wanted more. They wanted they wanted the child, right? I remember back then, my wife and I first got married, and we were waiting on God's will. You know, is it God's will that we're going to be pregnant? Is it God's will that we're going to have a child? Is it God's will that I'm going to get this job? Is it God's will that I'm going to go to this place? Is it the Lord's will that I'm going to I'm going Going to receive what I'm asking him for. See, we have two types of godly patience, and the first and most important is waiting on his will. It's when you're asking for him to show you wisdom, to show you how to get from point A to point B, what place you should go. It's that moment in time when you have an option and you're like, Lord, I, I think I want to move on from this job, but I need your wisdom to show me where I move on and where I go next. It's that wisdom of asking. Is this person, or, or Lord, send me someone. It's, it's when you're waiting to get married, or you're, you're wanting to get married, but you're not dating anyone, and you're asking the Lord, where is it? Where is my perfect spouse? Where is that person? That godly patience is waiting on God's will. The second part of God's patience, or godly patience, is waiting on his timing. It's the knowledge of knowing where you're going to go and what you're going to do. The Lord has giving you a, a, an idea, he has blessed your heart, he has blessed your mind, and he has given you a direction, and now it's just waiting on that. It's the nine months of pregnancy waiting for that child to come. It's the, it's the moment of time when we are here, we know which direction we're gonna go, it's just waiting for that to happen. I remember before I started this church, my wife and I were praying about this, and, and, and uh, my mentor said to me, he goes, you just kind of slow down, slow down, take, take a deep breath. Take some time to pray about this and see God will give you the idea of when it's the right time. I knew that God had called us to plant this church. I knew that God had called us to start Passion Community Church, but I was waiting for the timing of the Lord. And when I began to sit there and talk to my mentor, he's like, you just have to wait. And I'm like, I don't want to wait anymore. So I'm willing to go and just put a sign on the side of the street, I'll meet in the middle of the street. People will show up, right? <laughs> what I know now that I didn't know back then, not too bad. <laughs> but it was waiting on God's timing. See, there is not only his wisdom and his direction that he wants to give to you, but then it's the right timing for these things. To wait on these things, both of these require a great deal of patience. But it's also what we do in the middle of this time. What do we do while we're waiting to hear from him? Patience really is a surrender to God's timing and control. You know, one of the most interesting things is that you, you can really put your mind to trying to love someone more. You can really put your mind to having more joy in your life. You can really put your mind to trying to have more peace in your life. difficult to try to force yourself to have more patience. 
patience, to learn patience, to wait for what the Lord has for you or what you, what God has in store for you requires you to go through a situation. You need an external situation, something that you are waiting upon for you to learn how to have more patience. At the end of the day, patience really is a surrender to God. It's saying, yes, Lord, I trust you and I give you the control. Let's take a look at what Psalm 130 has to say. Psalm 130, verse 5 and 6 says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. No, I did not repeat myself. That was repeated in the verse. This verse tells us that we should wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. What we begin to see in this verse in Psalm 130 is the definition of patience and what we do during this time, this waiting period of time, this frozen period of time when we not yet have what we want, but we're we're waiting. We have to, we have an idea of where we want to go, but we're not there yet. We're somewhere stuck in the middle. So what do we do during this time? See, I believe that if we are to have true patience that comes from the Lord, there's a couple things that that means. First, that means that we have to learn how to wait. Godly patience is waiting. Waiting on the Lord for his response and blessings are way better than we could ever buy, make, or obtain on our own. When we try to achieve something on our own power, when we try to do something under our own abilities, it's not that God says, comes and just says, you're not to do anything. No, but when we try to force, it's the, the best example I can give to you is why is there so many Americans today that are so far in debt that they can't hardly even survive in their life? It is because we don't wait for things. The very first thing we do is, oh, I need this or I need that, and I don't have my wallet with me, so I can pull out my credit card to show you. But um, when we need something, instead of just waiting and asking the Lord, Lord, is this what I really need? Is this what I want? The very first thought that comes to our mind is, I need this. And so instead of asking the Lord and seeking what he would have for our life, the very first thing that we do is we go out and we buy something. We buy it. We put it on credit or we put it on a credit card or we, we do something that we shouldn't have done because what if the Lord had something better in store for you? One of the famous, one of my, uh, you know, one of the famous stories about Patience is ask Abram or Abraham how not having patience works out. God promised him that he would have the descendants of all the stars and all the moons, and, and here he was with his wife of a very old age and had no kids, but yet God is promising that he's going to have all these descendants. How does that happen when you don't have any children? To have descendants means you have to have a child. They were well over childbirthing age. And instead of waiting for the Lord to do what he had promised them to do, Abram and his wife decided that they would manufacture, that doesn't sound like a bad way of doing it, they would go around the Lord and try to do it under their own power, their own way. Unfortunately, that wasn't the greatest, and it turned out to be very negative impacts. The truth of the matter is, is that when we try to force something Instead of waiting, 
Too often than not, we either do one of two things. We either force something that should have never been forced, or we settle for something that we should have never settled for. The Lord has such wonderful plans for you and I. He has such wonderful things that he wants us to grasp a hold of, and he wants us to achieve. But something about this waiting period is what the Lord wants to do with you during this time. The Lord wants you to just, in this moment of time, this frozen period of time, when you're between point A and point B, and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen or where I'm going to go, and how do you do this? Just that waiting is that peace he's looking to into you a peace and a closeness with him. The second thing that we find in godly patience is surrender. Surrendering and letting go of control means you trust the Lord for his timing, his ways, and control of your life. Too many of us don't want to give up anything. Too many of us don't want to give up control. We are, as many people have said before, control freaks. <laughs> we like to control the situation. We want to make sure that we are in control of everything. We want to make sure that everything is going exactly the way I want it to go. Well, sometimes we have to realize that we are not at the top of the food chain in God is. And that his ways are better than our ways. Over and over and over again in scripture, it tells us that his ways are better than our ways. And over and over and over again, I can give you stories after stories of stories where men and ladies tried to prove that they were better than God, and they failed. And if they would have only waited, if they only would have sought the Lord in the middle of their waiting, this beautiful thing would have been given to them. Surrender in this world almost always means losing. When you think about surrender, when you think about that word surrender, when you think about what it means to surrender yourself to someone else, that means that you are giving up your control, you're giving up your power, you're giving up all of those things. The world around us today wants power. The world around us, everyone is seeking power in some way, shape, or form. And so when the Lord comes in and says, listen, I don't want you to have power, I want you to surrender to me. We have a hard time with this because that generally means that we're giving up control and we're giving up ourselves and we think that we are weak by surrendering. In the waiting, what we must really do is learn to surrender to God's will, to surrender to his way, to understand that his will is always way better than ours. Why? Because the Lord knows the beginning from the end. We only see what's right in front of us right now. Some of the best Missionary people I know. I had a wonderful opportunity uh, many years ago to meet John Maxwell. He was one of my favorites. He's uh, one of my, uh, I agree, I call him a mentor, but I it's because I mentor myself underneath of him through books that I read. But I had an amazing opportunity in New York City to meet him. I was there at work for work one day, and I said to him, we were having this, uh, this conversation about things, and I was telling him how much I appreciated him and how much I appreciated his writings and all that he does. And he looks at him and he says, thank you, but it really has nothing to do with me. He said, I learned many years ago to surrender my life to the Lord. When I surrender what I want, when I surrender what he tells me, when I surrender everything that I have, he gives me back way more than what I could ever dream of. 
He said, my, and he told me the story, he said, my, my initial hope was that I could write one book on timekeeping skills and how to help people in the business world. That was my hope, that was my dream, that was my vision. And it didn't happen. And he said, I was so upset, I was so angry, and I was asking the Lord, why is this going on? And, and he's, he's just sitting there, and he goes, all I could hear was this word, patience. And when he found out, was that what the Lord wanted him to do was way more than just write one book. You don't know who John Maxwell is today. If you go to any bookstore and you look up John Maxwell, you will see hundreds of books written by John Maxwell. He's one of the premier persons in timekeeping skills. He's one of, uh, today we whip out our phone to do these, uh, you know, I'm going to keep a calendar. So we whip out our phone to keep our calendar. But back then, we had <laughs> physical documents. And John Maxwell had a wonderful way of doing timekeeping skills. It was the most amazing thing back then. Today, it's outdated and it doesn't apply because, again, world is moving at such a faster pace. But surrender doesn't mean that we lose when we surrender to God. What surrendering to God means is that we trust Him for His timing, that we trust Him for His ways, that we trust Him for His wisdom, and in His ultimate love for us, and in His ultimate wisdom for us, He's going to show us a better way than what we could ever have thought about in our own. In our own minds, we have this, we have this set up, and we, we think about this, but the real reality of it is that we are limited to thinking about what's only right in front of us. God is not limited by time or space. He's not limited by resources. Most people today, if you ask them, you go to them and say, listen, I want to ask you today, if you had unlimited money, money was not an option to you, if money was not a problem to you, what would you be able to do? The interesting answer that most people do, this, is a, this was a, a study that was done by ABC and on, uh, I forget the name of the show, darn it, I just write it down. Uh, it, was, it was one of those shows, did you know that, or it was an ABC news program where they go in and they test this. The average person, when you ask if money was not an option, there was not a problem, what would you do? They live within the means of the person that they know who has the most money in their life. Meaning if you know a millionaire, that's what you're going to go to because that's only what you've experienced. If you know someone who only lives on $100,000 a year and that's the most money that you have experienced, that's what you're going to live upon. People have a hard time of seeing outside of the spectrum of where they live today and where they're at today in the environment that we're at. Now, I like to think that if you offer me that, I could do something way greater than that, but that's a different. The truth of the matter is surrendering to God means that we surrender something that is short nature compared to what he has, the long-term solution and answer for us. God's patience is also means control. Having patience is giving up control because you are waiting and surrendering and letting go of these things. You have acknowledged that God is in control. No one likes to have someone in control over their own life. We like to be in our own control. We like to control the situation. We want to know where we're going, what we're doing, what time we're going to be there, all of these things. We have this specific plan in mind, and this is how it's going to go. 
But when God calls us to be patient, what he is calling us to do is not only surrender, not only wait, but he's also asking us to give up control. To not say, it has to go this way, it's my way or the highway, it's this only path that I'm going to take. No, God sometimes has something way better than my complete. It, must, it means that we must accept his timing and his decision. If God didn't want you to have that shiny car, maybe he had something else better in store for you, like no payments. Maybe there's a gift coming. Or maybe God was going to honor you in a different way. In all honesty, it's hard to have patience if you're not willing to give up control. But ultimately, that's what being patient is all about, giving up control. You're no longer in control. You're not going to control the situation. You're going to wait for the situation to develop. Now, outside of the Lord, I would never tell you to do this. We don't want the, we don't want the world around us. We don't want situations around us to dictate what's going on. But in the Lord, when we know the Lord, when the Lord is in our heart, and He's at the soul of who we are, that we can release those things, we can give up those controls, we can ask Him for those patience because we know that He is much better than anything that you and I have ever face. Finally, godly patience is also hope. We can do all of these things because we have a hope of who God, uh, we have a hope of a God is more than worthy of all of our hopes. Hope is really the key to patience. See, we can have patience in the Lord because we know that the Lord has answered prayers over and over and over again. I can set up here and read to you stories after stories. I can give you situations in my life. I can give you situations in others' life where the Lord has answered and he has provided. We have a God who is worthy of all of our hope. We have a God who is worthy of all of our patience because he has something better in store than what we're serving and facing today. But you have to have the hope in him. You have to understand it. The reason why many Christians, the reason why many people in this room today can't have patience, can't have hope, is because they don't know what who or what they hope in. The average person in the world today hopes in something way less than God. They hope that they can have a good job. They hope that they have money to pay the bills. They hope that they can have a relationship. They hope that they can have these things. But all of these things are built in nothing other than what they have in their own hands. The Lord instead comes in and says, listen, I have your hope in me. Build your hope and your patience in me. Wait upon me. Surrender your life to me. Allow me to control and help you. You give up that control to me. And I will instead offer you much better option than what you could ever have here. The reason why we can surrender, the reason why we can wait, the reason, the reason why we can give the Lord control is because we know that the Lord answers. We know that the Lord and what he has in store for us is way better than anything that we could ever produce on our own. We have the belief, we have the faith, we have the hope, we have the understanding that what God has for us is so much more than that. The reason why we can't hope, the reason why we can have patience is because we can hope in the Lord and what he has for us. Isaiah is a wonderful book. It 
You know, it's interesting. Isaiah 9, 6 is this verse that you and I and all of us read around Christmas time that talks about Jesus. And, but the rest of the book of Isaiah is a wonderful book. And it's not, it's really interesting that Isaiah is also known as the book of hope. If you would read Isaiah in its totality and understand what Isaiah is talking about and, and read through it and, and begin at the the early stages of Isaiah, and read all the way through the end of Isaiah, you'll find these stories of hope after hope after hope. Isaiah, interesting, uh, Isaiah 9, verse 6, you know, Jesus is going to be the wonderful counselor, uh, all of these things that he talks about, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He talks about these things, we talk about those at Christmas time, but do you know that what happened between the period that Isaiah gives this prophecy and the time that Jesus was born, you know how many years passed? Any ideas? Wasn't one, it wasn't two. It was somewhere around 600 to 700 years past between the time that Isaiah gives this prophecy, that Isaiah writes his book, to the time that Jesus actually comes. I don't know about you, but I hope that the Lord doesn't ask me to be patient for 600 years for something. But Isaiah 49, 23 says, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. Isaiah begins this book about writing about Jesus, and then he proceeds to go through this book, and he begins to talk about what it means to wait upon the Lord and have, and have patience. And he says, then you will know in verse 49, 23, or in chapter 49, verse 23, he says, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. What Isaiah is really saying is that if we wait upon the Lord, so much better than if we don't. Many of you here today may have had stories or could tell stories about when you try to manufacture or do something on your own without the Lord. It doesn't work out so well, does it? The Lord, what He has for us is way better than whatever we have. And we find ways to put ourselves to shame by doing things under our own power instead of waiting for Isaiah 64, verse 4 says, From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Isaiah again gives us another story about us waiting for, waiting for the Lord and how it's going to be so much greater. From old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear, meaning no one has heard, no one has seen God like our Father, our God in heaven, who acts for us if we only wait for him. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is a, a wonderful verse, and what Isaiah is beginning to say is, but let's wait upon the Lord. When we wait upon the Lord, he's going to give us the strength to do all of the things that we must do. He's going to renew our strength. He's going to have us soar like eagles. We're going to run and not be weary. We're going to walk and not be faint. These are the things that happen when we wait and we have patience. When we wait for Him. The truth of the matter is, is in the world today, you and I must learn to wait for the Lord and 
what he has for us. It's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not something that we all want to do, but there's something that happens in this waiting period. Again, let's not look upon this waiting period as a frozen wasteland of time where I'm just getting through something to get to the other side. In fact, no, really the key to all of this is that when we learn to be patient, show me a patient man or woman and I can show you a man or woman close to God. The truth of the matter is, is that when we learn to be patient, what we're really doing is taking a step back and saying, okay, Lord, I will wait upon you. I will give up my control. I will give up my surrender. I will surrender all that I am. I will wait for you. I will do all of these things. And we wait for you to respond. Truth of the, the truth that I see in Scripture is that patience is an evidence of a strong faith because it is the result of a heart that has been surrendered to God. Patience and a man or woman who has patience is the result of us waiting for the Lord. A man or woman who can walk in patience, a man or woman who can wait upon the Lord to do things in your life means that we have surrendered our control to Him and we're waiting for Him to respond. And by the way, we're okay if it turns out differently than what we previously had planned. Patience is something that we need. These scriptures that we read promise us that God will bless us if we wait upon Him, if we have patience in Him. When we will wait on the Lord, the Lord blesses, promises us that He will come and He will bless us. See, there is something that happens in this period of time. <laughs> There's something that happens when we are waiting. What happens is that we begin to learn and control and we begin to give our control to Him and we begin to learn what it means to rest in the Lord and wait for Him and to see Him respond in our lives. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not the most average thing that we all do, but it is something that we're called to do, just to seek Him, to surrender, and to wait. Isaiah 40 seems to say to us that the more patient we are, the more patience He will give to us. We jump back here just for a moment. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. I don't know about you, but I want my strength renewed. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. I want to soar. I want to do great things. They shall run and not be weary. In my old age, I can't wait to run and not be weary. It's hard to get out of bed sometimes and not be weary, let alone running and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. All of these things are promised to us, and if we wait upon the Lord, all of these things He wants to give to you and I, if we just learn to be patient. Can we today, can we today look upon patience as something not as dreaded, but as a period of time where our hearts can grow closer to the Lord? If you find yourself today in the midst of waiting upon the Lord, if you find yourself in the middle of waiting for something, maybe you're praying for an answer to a prayer, Maybe you're asking the Lord to move in your life and he doesn't seem to move. Maybe you're asking for wisdom on which direction to go and he hasn't done that. Can I ask you to instead dread the word patience? To just take a step back and say, Lord, I want to grow in this time. I want to grow in this moment of time that's called to what you called us to wait and call us to be patient. And ask the worship team to come forward. 
We all have things that we're grateful for. Listen, I want to be very honest with you. Even I have a hard time with this word patience. Not that I'm better than anyone else, but I'm certainly not. But there are many things in my life that I just keep asking the Lord, Lord, can you move? Can you go now? Yes, I'll move to the site, Lord. There you go. How's that? Having patience means that we have to let go. Because we give control to him. Today I want to ask you, if you're in the midst of waiting for something, if you're you're asking the Lord, or maybe even today you're not sure what it means to wait in the Lord. Maybe you're not sure what it means to be patient in the Lord. Can I just ask you to take a deep breath? Say, Lord, I'll Maybe his will for your life is better than what you could ever think of or dream of. Maybe his will is something more than what he wants, than, than what you have available in your mind. We are limited in our thinking of what the Lord gives to us. And so when the Lord says to be patient, maybe he's wanting to bless you with something way more than what you could ever imagine. See, the key to this is that patience is really not a bad thing. Patience is a great thing because it gives us a chance to align ourselves with You know, we call these the fruit of the Spirit. And over the last few weeks, we've been going through these, and I've been telling you that the reason why these are important is because it's hard to manufacture love, it's hard to manufacture joy, it's hard to manufacture peace, it's hard to manufacture patience in your life. That's not something that we are just prone to go out and say, I'm going to love someone more. We can only love by what we understand. We can only have joy by what we understand. We can only have patience by what we understand. Truth is that there's many kids in here, including mine, have learned patience on their own. They're my, my children are old right now, so they obviously have learned on their own. But growing up, they could only understand patience by what we showed. It's a scary thought. They only do love by what we show. They only do joy by what we show. See, the truth of the matter is that you learn these things by what you see being modeled in the life around That is why when we started this series, this learning called the fruit of the Spirit, I told you that the closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to Him, the more you live in Him, the more love will come out of you, the more patience will come out of you, the more joy will come out of you, the more peace will come out of you. All of these things are that the Lord wants to do in your life and he wants to grow in your life. But in order to do that, you have to have a life in him. So today, I'm going to ask you if you're having trouble with patience, if you're having trouble with peace, if you're having trouble with joy, if you're having trouble with love, may you pause for a moment to say, I want to know what true love is. What true peace is. I want to know what true joy is. I want to know what true patience is. All of those things are what the Lord gives to us. He showed us over and over and over again on this earth what it means to be patient, what it means to be.
love you, what it means to be joyful, what it means to be peaceful. All of these fruits of the Spirit are actually just things that Jesus promised to do. And when we know Him, and we grow closer to Him, we can have a life that comes out of those things. Our life, our fruit, that's developed and grown out of us will be those things. So in a moment, what I want to ask you to do is if you're here today, maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart, maybe you feel your chest pounding a little bit. Maybe it's time that you just surrender to Him, to wait for Him, to give your control to Him. What He did on that cross 2,000 some years ago was He gave up His control. He gave up his love. He gave up everything that he had for the will of his Father. The will of his Father was for him to love us so much that he was willing to send his only begotten Son to the cross to die on that cross for us. What the scripture asks us in return is to just say, Lord, you are more to my life than what I know. You have something more in store for me. And so I surrender to you. I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord, that you are good. I believe that there's way more that you have in store for me. And so I believe in my heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have done. Lord, I know that some here in this room today that are watching online may have never experienced true peace, true joy, true love, all of these things that we've been talking about. They don't understand what it means to be patient in the Lord because they don't have the Lord in their life. And so may today be this day where they sacrifice, where they surrender their own will, their own ways, their own life to you, where they say, here I am, Lord. What I have tried to produce in my own life has not been good enough. It does not make me truly happy. It does not make me truly peaceful. It does not make me truly joyful. And so I'm willing to surrender to you. Father, if there's ones that are here today that have never given their life to you before, may today be that day. When they confess with their mouth that you are Lord, believe in their hearts. Die on the cross for them. We're here today with all of our eyes closed. It's a moment of prayer. If you're here today, if you're watching online and you want to make that commitment, it's easy to say, Jesus, you are my Lord, you are my Savior. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my wrongdoings, the things that I have done wrong to my heart. I believe what you did on the cross was more than enough that you died for me. Lord, we also want to pray for those that are here today that have given their lives to you before but are having a hard time being patient, waiting upon what you would have for them. So, Lord, I ask you today, in our waiting, in our patience, may you teach us that it is not a frozen wasteland of no, of nothing going on and nothing happening, but maybe this time between 
but at this time of waiting, this time of us being patient, is an opportunity for us to move closer to you, to seek you more, to ask you to give up control, to give up all of our, uh, uh, surrender all that we are to you in a greater way. Maybe this idea of patience is the key to our relationship with you. A time when we can grow our trust in Lord, help us today to be those men and women who wait patiently upon us, upon our Lord. Help us, Father, today, coming to our life, this moment. Give us patience and help us to be one of the fruits that are developed under this wonderful tree that you have asked us to live in you. Thank you. 
Thank you. 